Attention all mortals, veterans and civilians alike. It's time to buckle up and get ready for a wild ride because you just tuned in to the Swandingo Files. Your host, Steven Swanson, is here to help you navigate the crazy world of transitioning from military life to civilian life. And let me tell you, it's a bumpy road, but with a little bit of humor and a lot of determination, we can make it through together. And welcome back to another episode of the Swan Dingo File. Today I have a very special guest. His name is Mo. He is from Nigeria originally. He's here in America. He's going to talk to us about family, faith, and how he's crushing it today. He's doing very successful. So how's it going today, Mo? Oh, I'm going great, going great. Thank you, Steven. Thanks for the introduction. I'm glad you took the time out of your busy day, and especially on a Saturday, to join me. Um, if you want to kind of go into... You know, a little bit about your childhood, what it was like um, when you decided to come here to America. I know you had visited before, but if you can just start off there, kind of, you know, what was childhood like in Nigeria? So um, childhood in Nigeria for me, uh, it was kind of rough, you know, um, like I was saying, like I was talking to you earlier before we started recording, the kind of hardship that goes on in Africa is different from the kind of hardship that goes up in America, right? So things like food and water are hard to get over there. So people get hungry. Hunger is a normal thing in Nigeria. So like that was childhood for me. Although as I started growing up, things started getting better for my father. You know, he started he was a he was a he was a custom officer. So he started getting um promotion and things started getting better for the family and I was also able to go to school and um we used to come here for vacations. Um I remember the first time I came here, I, I, I really loved it. It was Texas I went to, um, and it was great, right? And I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind coming here to, like, raise my kids, 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 right? Because there's something called the rule of law. And um, the rule of law, which is like, um, you know, um, uh, which is basically everybody follows the law. You know, there is no, there is really no... uh in between about it. So that's, those were some of the things that made me over here, start over here and, and be like, you know, I really want to like build a legacy for my family here to where we cover the American. Okay. And do you have kids now? Um, not yet, not yet. Cause, uh, you know, it's a plan, right? Cause I'm still trying, I'm planning it out. I, I haven't had kids yet. I'm married. I've been, we've been married for, uh, two years now this is going to be the third year so you know i'm taking these as they come you know how about you you have kids i have six kids so and my youngest is two my oldest is 11 and they are i got my hands full (laughs) they are a blessing i'm not gonna lie and i hope you do get to have your own kids one day and i wouldn't have any more than two or three though i'd stick to that number because once you get past (laughs) that it's very rough yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. I, um, I, I would love to say I can relate, but right now I really can't relate with that. <laughs> yeah, you know. So what? How long ago did you come to America? Uh, I've been in America for five years now. Just, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And can you kind of tell us some of the challenges you had when you first got over here? Uh yeah. So the first challenge I had when I got to America was really um uh was 
was the transportation system. Um, I really wasn't used to the transportation system. It took me a while to understand you had to get tickets to get in the bus and you had to get ticket for the train. Because back home, you had to like figure it out, like literally like hopping the bus or like fight to get in the bus and pay cash. So like that was the first thing. But like I'd already been to America before, so I already knew, I already had a mindset of what I wanted to do in America, right? So like I came to America for school actually came to do school in America but school was just like a reason to come to America for me uh I I studied on um, global development and for me school is like um it's where people go to if you know if you need to discipline yourself right because you could also do homeschool for your kids too so it really wasn't what I was trying to chase but it was what I I, I, um, it was what the opportunity I was given to come to America. So like, um, another challenge for me was really getting to, um, assimilate the culture, the culture, uh, and also, you know, different regions have different accents. <laughs> so like, that was another, uh, challenge for me, learning the Southern accent, the Northern accent, and things like that. But, um, it's really been fun. Uh, the culture is vast. Um, the land is big, the opportunities are wide. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's why a lot of immigrants do come here. Uh, we do have some of the most opportunities. We have a very diverse culture here in America. You go from, like, me here in Texas to people up in New York to California to Florida and even Louisiana. I mean, we're so diverse in who we are and, and our language and just our cultures. You know, of course, down here in Texas, we got more people from, you know, Latino Hispanics and Stuff like that. So big Mexican food down here. I know North Carolina, you get a lot of, you know, blacks and whites. Uh, Illinois, where I'm from, it's a lot of blacks and whites up there too. And it's just every pocket of our country. It's just crazy how it's so different. Um, I lived in Louisiana at one point and the further south I went, the harder it was to understand what they were speaking. It's just, yeah, you got, you got great opportunities here. Um, how how much have you seen or how much have you traveled around the United States so far? Uh so far I've been to twelve states. Yeah. Around twelve states. I've been to Texas, Maryland, Rhode Island, Connecticut, um, Massachusetts, um, North Carolina, Georgia, um, Chicago, um What's your favorite place so far? My favorite place so far, oh my god. Um, I, I really don't have a favorite place yet, but so far my favorite place would be Texas. <laughs> you're just saying that because you're talking to me right now. No, That's no, not- um, I, we actually went to, uh, the, there's this, this, um, this, uh, Arctic building in, in Dallas, Texas. It mm-hmm. has like a round thing at the top of it. It's right in the middle of the city. I've forgotten yep. what it's called. So we went there to like look around, like all around the city. Uh, we also went to like the mall. We also went to like a, a garden and also a museum centers and also like, uh, the, the, the taxes in Texas are very friendly. Uh, and also the, the roads, the road, Texas just runs differently, like from every other state I've been to. It's like, it's kind of different. So. Yeah, I would have to say probably Florida and Texas, and there's other states too, are probably two of the best states in the United States when it comes to tax-friendly. There is no income tax here. Uh, now you still, of course, got to pay your federal taxes, but 
Yeah, I mean, that was the biggest reason. One of the reasons I moved down here, sales tax, income tax, uh, just cost of living in Texas is a lot cheaper than when I lived up in Illinois. So, so, uh, how, is, it, is your wife from here in the States or is she from Nigeria? Yeah, she's from the United States. Oh, she is? How'd you, how'd you two meet then? Um, it's, it's, we met online, right? Uh, so we met on this online um, platform. And we first started chatting, but we actually got together because we, her parents, her parents are from Nigeria, right? So, um, I, there was a little bit of relation there. We could be late. And also, uh, we were able, that's how we met, really. We met online and, and started going online. But then, you know, um, from her, I met her mom. Her mom has a business here in America. She's doing healthcare. Um, her mom was able to help me with a couple of things. Uh, her brother too was very helpful. You know, um, I have family back home that I haven't seen in a while, though, like five years, but, but still, I still get that family feel from like the people around me over here in America, from like friends, you know, sometimes family isn't blood, but, but that doesn't mean that they're not family, right? And sometimes blood isn't family too. You know, so, um, so, you know, that's, that's the relation I was able to build. I have like family that is actually family, you know, so yeah, that, that's something that keeps me going right now. So, and, yeah. oh, go ahead, yeah. sorry. Oh, um, I was just going to say something else on family, like, uh, like, you know, family is something that, you know, is legacy. It's a bloodline. A community is what represents me, you know, it's not what I, when I'm not present. Family is what represents me when I'm not present, right? So, like, family is how we live forever. Family is part of the reason I wake up and grind for better days. You know, that's what's family to me, you know. Um, the Pope, Pope John the 23rd was like, family is the first essential cell of human society. But, so, like, family is, is necessary in every society. So, like, in America, able to like get a family, start a family, you know, um, a brother here, a sister there, a brother that is not blood but still a brother, a sister that is no blood but still a sister. I've had most, I, and it's been really good having that type of community around me right here in America. I, well, I'm glad that you found the support that you needed uh, while you're here. Um, let me ask you though, because there is a difference between where you're from and America. Do you see, okay, so you've been here five years. Do you see any differences between how America's families are versus your family structure is? Like, do you see America as the same kind of culture or, you know, when it comes to family or do you see it kind of waning a little bit? Well, America, the core, the core of America that I've been able to see so far within five years, like the core, it has the same cultures, you know, it's still the same cultures. You go into a white man's house, he, he has the whole take, the whole family sitting on the table to have dinner. Uh, you go into a black man's house, he has the whole family sitting on the table to have dinner. So it's still like the same core cultures. It's just that, you know, nowadays with the recent media, and um, what they keep pushing out on the media, it's 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 been infiltrating families, you know. Um, so making it cool to like um, n- not have love in the house, or like making it all right to be like um, to be assholes to the kids, or like 
um, you know, things like that is what the media, the media infiltrates the kids or like trying to make the kids speak, um, no, no offense, trying to make the kids speak the gender, right? Um, you know, so like things like that is the only, and that's like the base of it. It just started like what, like a couple years ago. It wasn't like this from the start, right? So, but aside that, it's still the same core between Africa in Africa and America that I've seen in family for me. Yeah, and, you know, one of the big problems we have here, and they always say it's, you know, the black family, but it's the, you know, black family, you know, it's their problem. It's like, no, nah, it's an American problem where fathers are not staying in the home anymore. And I know from, you know, the Latino, Hispanic, African culture, you know, people from Africa, it's family is still really big. Um, it's the core of everything. And here in America, we, we're losing that. And we have people pushing that, oh, you don't need a nuclear family. And that is just, that's complete bullshit, personally. And that's why, you know, a lot of people that are coming here, they're seeing this, but they're just, it just baffles them. It's like, why, you know, you have to have a father and mother in a home. You know, that's the core. And you guys coming here, you know, families coming here, and they're seeing this and they're like, that's not right. They want to keep their families together, you know, and, you know, I have six kids with one woman and that, that lady's not going anywhere and I'm not going anywhere. And that's the way it should be. So, so I know you're really big in faith also. Um, how is your faith? Um, how do you say it? How has your faith, you know, directed your life? I guess you can say. Yeah. So, um, to just piggyback off you, what you were saying. Personal, like family, uh, it's, 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 it's deeper than, you know, the media has to do a good job showing what, you know, a family, the strength of a family could do for the whole society. Um, um, America was built on God fearing, uh, habits, God fearing characters, you know, so things like that, that the media is trying to change it now and make, and make evil things look cool. Are just not it's not just right you know and it breaks the whole core you know but what can we do from over here that's just my opinion right now right now i get it um so you're here i know you've become successful uh how what is it everything that you're involved in now that's made that you're so successful at um what's everything well one major thing that i'm involved in right now that um is taking me on the path I want to be to get to my actual success part. Because right now, I'm, I've been successful in getting what I need to get, but I'm still going on the grind to get everything I want to get. And one thing that makes me keep going is faith, right? So what's faith? Faith is believing what we hoped for has happened, but it hasn't just happened yet, right? You know, that's faith like, oh man, I believe this thing, it's going to happen, but it hasn't just happened yet. And that's faith. And faith is going through hard times with a smile because, you know, I know, not hope, but I know that, you know, everything is going to be all right. Uh, Everything is definitely going to be all right. Uh, So so what are you doing for uh, a living? Like, how are you getting money or... Uh, Yeah, so actually for a living, I'm actually a digital marketer. Um, those, that's my like personal skills that I actually do for living on the personal side. But for people, what I actually do and go out there to actually do is I'm a, a financial fiduciary. So that just means that we advise people 
for free. Financial advice is for free. We give free financial advices. Um, there are lots of meats meat in the financial world. And, and it got me interested because, because, you know, um, this topic is something, money is something that everyone works hard to acquire, but fails to research on how it works. You know, everybody works so hard to get some money, but people don't really care how, what, you know, how it works or like what get the right account to put it. Most of the times, you know, some people even hate the people that preach about it, understand it or maximize it. You know, funny how we can hate someone making some money, but want to have it too. You know, that's such a contradiction. Um, people need to have some faith and handle their own their own faith, if that makes sense. People need to have some faith and handle their faith, you know, and stop hoping. Um, um, knowing what, how money works and the right places to put it is, ne- is as necessary as waking up and going to work eight hours a day. All right, because if you're if you're out there working hours for hours for the same money, but still keeping it in the bank, hoping you know the bank doesn't crash tomorrow, then you know what's the what's the use? No, I get I get what you're saying, and it's yeah. Most Americans aren't, well, most people in general aren't financial financially literate, and they don't know. I was talking to one guy yesterday and it's like, you know, the best traders in the world, they, you know, instead of just sitting there waiting for them, they're aggressively trading instead of waiting to get their money back. They're just aggressively trading, watching stock markets. And the great thing about America is you can do whatever you want here. And there's thousands of ways to make money, whether at home, you go out, do it. You can travel all over the place. This is like, you get more opportunities here than anybody. And if you just put your mind to it and you just have, you know, keep your nose to the grind and keep working hard, you can become, you know, you you can start from nothing and in just a couple of years have millions of dollars here in America. And that's why, you know, people like you want to come over here. They want a piece of that American dream. And it's not hard to obtain. You just, you know, you have a strong family base here. Uh, you got to sound like you got a good wife. And it's not like their family is really helping you out, and that's really nice. Uh, most people, you know, come here, and it takes a little bit longer, but it seems like you're really um, smashing it already. Yeah, you know, like Stephen, that's what I'm talking about. Fate, you know, that's that's where fate comes in. You know, fate doesn't have a time frame. You know, there's no when when we talk about fate, there's no you know if it doesn't happen next month, I'm giving up. You know, that's fear. That's fear replacing fate. Fate. Fate, most times, there's no time frame. Fate is, you know, whenever it happens, it's going to happen at the right time. Fate is timeless. You know, Churchill said, continuous effort, not strength or intelligence is the key to unlocking our potential. I indulge you that. Continuous effort and fate, not strength or intelligence, is the key to unlocking our potential. So, like, and and I'm not, like, saying, you know, fate in what? Fate in what? Fate in you know, if you, if you believe in God like I do, then faith in God, faith in what an alter ego if the person has an alter, you know, believe. But everybody believes in something. But we got to have faith in the universe, in God, you know, and that is what, you know, keeps things going. Also faith in family, too. That's a big faith, one. So especially in family, you know, having faith in family and also, like, having 
family has faith in you, you know, because the family will notice the faith, the energy, the family will notice that you have faith in them and they will spread that faith in you too. You know, and that gives that gives this type of energy birth to go get something done. I like it. I love it. Um so you're here in America and you're not a citizen yet, you're just a green card holder, correct? Yeah, correct. And uh so you put your paperwork in to become a US citizen? Uh yeah, I'm actually on the way to do that because uh, uh first I want to like have a child. I'm really not in a I want to have a child, so once I get a child sometime, then I'll actually put in my uh, documentations to actually fully become a citizen. Awesome. I really hope you, well, you will get it, of course, but um, because we need people like you here in America anyways that want to work hard and make money and, you know, raise a good, strong family. Uh, we need more of that here in this country, so I'm glad you're here. And I hope uh, I hope everything keeps going your way. Um, does your wife work at all, or is she kind of stay at home or what does she do? Uh, she's a project manager. But um, before we go, Stephen, I just want to tell you five myths about money, right? Five mm-hmm. myths that every, the, the first myth is five, time is money. Everybody says time is money. But like, if I gave you two million dollars right now, would you take it? Mm, I don't know. Depending on what I'd have to do to earn it. Alright, cool. So that's a maybe yes, you know. Now, if I gave you two million dollars, but you die eleven minutes after spending one dollar from it, would you take it? I don't know yet. I don't know. So, like, you know, if I give you two million dollars and I'm like, hey, if you die eleven minutes after spending a dollar from this two million dollars, would you take it? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly, but most people wouldn't take it because most people don't want to die. And another point is, okay, whenever we spend money, we think of ways to make it back, right? And possibly mm-hmm. make it back. But time, whenever we spend time, do you think of how to make your time back? I thought about it a lot more lately how to make time back, especially with uh, you know such a large family. Well, by today's standards, a large family here in America. Yeah. So how do you make time back? That's a struggle for me. So. Yeah, it's like almost impossible because all we have is 24 hours. That's very true. So it's hard to like find. We could make up time, but we can't make it back. No, we can't. But we could make up for it, right? We can try, yeah. Yeah, you know. So time isn't money. Because money, we could make it back. But time, we can't make it back. It's gone. You know, and that's the first myth. The second myth is that um, money is the root of all evil. Uh, Have you been, try being poor, priest, broke, and not thinking about some evil shit, some evil stuff to do to level up. You know, um, try being poor and broke and not thinking about something evil to do to level up. Have you have you ever been broke? Oh yeah, I've been broke. I've had uh yeah. I've been poor before, like extremely, yeah. And, and it sucks. Yeah, it sucks and it's also harder to think of only good things to do when you're poor. Well most broke it's it's easier to think of many crazy things to do when there's nothing when there's nothing available. 
you know, and, and, and that means that poverty is a lot identical with evil than money. You know, that means, that means poverty is the root of all evil, not money. Yeah, no, that, yeah, no, I, I get it. Uh, that makes sense, actually. You know, and, um, I, I really want to like, another myth is, um, Jesus was poor, you know, so I should be poor on earth and all my riches will be given to me in heaven. You, yeah, right. You know, are you God fearing? Like a Bible, mm-hmm. you your Bible sometimes? Uh, not a long time. Probably when I was younger, I did. Well, not probably, but I did when I was younger. But I'm not like, I'm not like one of those big, big, you know, Bible readers and everything like that. I mean, I have faith and I have all that stuff, but, you know, I just try to live my life, you know, best I can and hope one day I get up there. At least yeah, I hope. That's, that's what's up. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not an, a Bible reader like a, Pastor, like touch go out. There's some, but the Bible. There's a reason why the Bible is the most sold book in the in the world, and also the most popular book in the world, right? There's so many knowledge in the Bible that you know that's been passed through more than two thousand years, right? So most people think Jesus was poor. That's a myth. Firstly, Joseph was called the carpenter. It was called the carpenter in the Bible. It wasn't called a carpenter. So that means he was an important person. And also a carpenter in the olden days was equal to an architect. You know, a carpenter was equal to an architect in the olden days. It was a prestigious position. So Jesus wasn't poor and Joseph wasn't poor. Also in the party, there was Jesus' first miracle was in the party and he turned water to wine. But in that process, Mary didn't know he was going to turn water to wine. Um, whenever you go, whenever I, you go out with a group of friends to a party, right, and the drinks are over, who, who do you ask to buy more drinks? The richest guy in the group, right? Generally, yeah. And usually they offer, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's the richest guy in the group that buys the drinks. So when, in the Bible, when they came to meet Mary, the, the organizers of the party came to meet Mary, the mother of Jesus, and told Mary, the drinks are finished. And Mary is like, tell the richest guy in the group, Jesus. And that was his first miracle. So nobody thought Jesus was going to perform a miracle. Everybody thought he was going to pay for it, but he performed a miracle. You know, so that's, that's, that's another myth that, you know, people have to. And the last myth is, you know, the manipulation of information and perception systems. That's the media. I call it the manipulation of information and perception system. I haven't watched the news in about two years. So much negative energy in it. How do I go about my day having faith but watching news morning, afternoon, or night? The media breeds on fear. The people are controlled by negativity. Like everything on the media is all fear and negativity. So, um, that's why I haven't watched the news in like two years now. You know, it's, it's all, I actually go online and go and look for what I want to see. You know, so, uh, those are some of the myths that, you know, um, that people need to know. And also, like, the last myth, uh, it's, it's a big one, right? It's, um, the tax deferred system account, the tax deferred investment account. That's the 401ks, the 403bs, the TSPs. They are variable accounts that go up and down. Right? Do you have a long-term retirement account? I'm actually uh, retired already from the military, so I don't have an actual account. So, no. But, yeah, as, as uh, I build, I will be getting more and more 
into investments and in retirement accounts and all that good stuff as I build. Right, that's great, man. So let me just, this is the last myth, right? It's about the tax deferred account. So that's the 401ks, 403bs, the TSPs. They go up and down, right? Mm-hmm. If you know about yeah. the investments, it's like stock market it goes up, it goes down. And the first myth is that people think that, you know, um, after, after 30 years of saving, they won't be taxed when they want to take the money out for retirement. Um, when you, you already retired, right? So when you retired, wait, did you have some retirements? No, no, I just get a check every month from the government. So I don't actually, you know, that's because I was medically retired from the, uh, excuse me, medically retired from the army. So that's where okay. I get that retirement check from. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So were you taxed? Did no, you that is. No. That's a different, that's a different, it's a different, um, maybe it's a whole different. So this one is for like, you know, the people put their checks aside for like, you know, long term, 30 years time. So a quick question for you, Steven. If you were investing $200 a month, how would you like to pay your taxes? Would you like to pay your taxes upfront or 30 years later? I have no idea. Honestly, I never even thought about that. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's, <laughs> That's crazy. Well, that's the, uh, um, that's the thing, right? So, okay, let, let me put it this way. If you were a farmer farming orange seeds, would you like to get your seeds taxed or your oranges taxed? Wouldn't it be the seeds taxed? The seeds, uh-huh. before, that means before you like, um, while they're still seeds, before they grow into trees and oranges and a whole bunch of forests. Would you want the bag of seeds taxed or would you want your whole orange field taxed? Well, which one, which one would be cheaper? Like in the, in the long run? The bag of seeds, right? Because yep. they're still in seeds and by the time they become trees, one tree could have like 20 oranges. And You'd have a higher profit by that point. Yeah, you have a higher profit and you'll, you'll be in a different tax bracket by that point. That is true. Okay, so your taxes will be higher at that point. Yep. Okay, so you'd want to tax before because yeah. you'd have more on the back end. Okay, I get I get it now. Okay, I didn't I never even actually thought about that. I'm not yeah. real, you know. All I know is the government keeps taking my money because even though I have six kids, they want more money out of me. It's like mm-hmm. I have six kids though, and they still want money out of me. It's like you're crazy. But I'm glad we have people like you here that understand this better than. I do, because I don't know crap about taxes, I'll be honest. I just know that I try to get, try not to pay anything at the end of the year, but because I make so much now, now the government wants some extra, even though I have six kids, and I'm pretty sure I know how to spend the money more, better than the, our government does. But they don't see it that way. So we got to send money somewhere else. That's, that's wild. Uh, do you have an LLC? Uh, yeah, we do. So okay. me and my business partner, we, yeah, we do. Okay. So, um, have you looked into like, um, tax, um, not tax deferred, but, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, indexed accounts. Have you looked into indexed accounts? No, I have not personally. No. So, um, there's something going on right now. It's like, a, it's called an index universal life insurance. It's, it's for, it's life insurance, it's annuity, it's, um, there are different products in it. There are other indexed investment accounts. So what happens in an indexed account is 
there's a base, there's a floor, and there's a cap. So, and, and, and just, just like we were saying, the seeds get taxed, not the, not the, not the harvest. Okay. So, so if, if you have an indexed account where you were putting, uh, savings for your kids' future, it's the money you put in that gets taxed, not the bunch. Okay. That makes and, sense. And there's a base and a cap. That means that, um, when the stock market crashes, there's a floor, so yours doesn't go down. And there's a cap, but when the stock market goes 50%, yours doesn't go higher because it tracks the stock market. So, like, that's the investment account, index universal life. Okay. How, where did you learn all this at? Because most people don't even know. Oh, okay, I'll say, like, 95% of Americans don't know nothing about this kind of stuff. Yeah, so um I spent uh tens of I spent tens of thousands of dollars on master classes and I've also I've also read books on this thing. Like like I was telling you first, why would I work so hard for eighty hours a week and I don't know what happens to my money? Mm-hmm. You know, so I I'm like, man, I really have to figure out what happens to my money. So I invested time and money into finding out what happens because there are people out there who know these things, right? Um, there's this book by uh, um Tony Robinson. It's called Money. It's like a 600-page book. Um, it's it's uh, I I took my time and actually read them, and that's just one of the books I was able to like get and read on and actually and go for master classes too that people would think is a scam, but it's actually what they're meant to learn. You know, actually go on those and actually some of them were. By the time you go for a lot, you'll be able to infiltrate somehow. So right now, I'm a licensed, I'm a licensed life insurance agent. So I help with like indexed account and other accounts like that. Like, um, um, an index, I only sell indexed accounts. I, I don't sell on um, whole life insurance or term insurance. Um, because that's like the best thing for people. As, you know, because I've had people who have lost half of their 401ks, half of their long-term retirements in the stock market, you know. So that's one thing that really interests me and that's why I, that's how I got to learn about the stuff. So that's why I'm actually going out there teaching, showing people, you know, I'm not teaching, I'm actually just showing people because people are actually smart enough to know what's best for them, right? So I'm like, hey, this is what I found. Do you think it's, but do you think it's the best for you or not? Then whichever one, I just keep it going like that. Well, that's, that's good to know. And, uh, definitely, uh, people need to know more about this. Um, man, that man, people losing 401, are their 401k? That sucks. But I'm hearing it all the time and, uh, it's unfortunate though. I mean, I did yeah, that sucks. I, I'm sorry. But, um, well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm glad you came on, Mo, and I'm glad. Yeah, God, you're very knowledgeable at this and I'm really hoping we get the word out and help people. Um, but, and I, I really hope you get to stay here in this country and because you seem like you're very smart, very family oriented, uh, very faith based. And I'm just glad that, that we as a country can have people like you here. So I appreciate you coming on and we will talk further later on. Other than that, that's it for this episode of the Swandingo Files. Have a good afternoon, uh, Mo. All right. Thanks so much.
Well, folks, that's all we have for today's episode of the Swandingo Files. I hope you've enjoyed this journey with your host, Steven Swanson, as much as he enjoys recording it. Remember, transitioning from military life to civilian life is tough. But with a little bit of grit, a dash of humor, and a lot of determination, you can overcome any obstacle. So until next time, keep on trucking, and keep Swandingoing.